Well, hello, friends. How is everybody doing out there? Welcome back to the show. I was thinking about you guys and wanted to come on today and just chat with you. Kind of just an open conversation, no script really, just some things that have been on my mind. And as you could probably tell from the title of this podcast show today, this episode, um, my question is, where have all the good men gone? Hello. Um, where are all the John the Baptists of 2021? <laughs> Holla. I'm going to explain here in just a few minutes what I mean by that. But in a culture like we are living in today, we are seeing a pandemic of fear. We are seeing a pandemic of a lack of courage of people to stand up for what they believe in, the fear of what others might think, the fear of being shamed, the fear of losing their job. I mean, just fear running rampant. So I want to talk about that today and just chat over a cup of coffee about, um, you know, John the Baptist and what he did and how he was courageous and stood up for what he knew was right, despite what was going to come to him. My name is Tina, and I'm the creator of the podcast and YouTube channel, Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. I love to share from scratch recipes, homeschool life inspiration, and all things life with you. This podcast show is a space where we get down and dirty, raw and unfiltered about motherhood, marriage, our culture, and our spiritual pursuit as believers. It's a behind-the-scenes look into our homestead life and my deepest thoughts and convictions as I navigate being a mom and a wife alongside you. I'm so glad you're here, and my hope is that I can be a blessing to you. Now, I... Goodness gracious, you guys, we, the headlines, right? (laughs) I feel like I'm just all over the place with that, but it is a terrifying realization that every day we wake up to the headlines and I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting uh, to where I'm no longer surprised by what I'm seeing. I just saw a headline today of a, um, clearly a gay professor at a university has just been, Um, suspended from the school for basically saying on a video that he approves of the terms for pedophiles, um, well, that he encourages terms for pedophiles to be more inclusive and more understanding of, you know, the things that they like and that it's not wrong if they are attracted to children. Did you guys hear that? Like, what? So we want to be all inclusive nowadays. We don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I mean, after all, if you're an adult and you're attracted to a child, I mean, you can't help how you feel, right? You were born that way. What? <laughs> I'm like, okay, no. Uh, I see I see these headlines and I'm just blown away um, about what people think is okay nowadays and what used to be bad is good and what used to be good is bad. And that's the way that the culture wants us to be right. And I'm just seeing more and more people that are not standing up for their rights, their beliefs, and their convictions, because we are shamed and we are silenced. You guys see that going on all over social media. You see that going on Um, Look at some of the local representatives for your state, um, the ones that are actually fighting for liberty and fighting for freedom. These people are getting death threats. Some of these people have had to move their families from their home 
to a different location to protect them. I mean, this is what the mob does, right? They want to intimidate people into doing what they want them to do. And sadly, we have a culture of of fear. People are more and more afraid to stand up for what they believe in because they don't want the backlash. They don't want to lose their job. They're afraid to speak their mind. And um, I recently posted on my YouTube channel, I was so encouraged, you guys, by the Virginia elections. You know, we're still living in Virginia. We're here for three more months until we move to Alaska um, to our new cabin. I'm so excited. But even though we're leaving Virginia, moving to Alaska, I wanted to play my part as a citizen of this country and as a citizen of Virginia, a resident here, and vote for the upcoming election uh, for governor, um, attorney general for Virginia, all these positions that were up for election. I thought, you know what? Even though I'm no longer going to be here in Virginia, I want to leave Virginia in the best position that I possibly can. And so I did go out and vote. And um, I actually talked my grandfather into going and voting with me. He never voted in his entire life. And he's 88 years old, you guys. He never voted until the 2020 elections. He went with me to vote for President Trump. And after what happened with the election, and we all know what happened with that, right? Um, there's no doubt in my mind that the election was not rigged and that was a cheated election. And there are still audits going on and there are still lawsuits going on. And this is the election is still being looked at. So for people to say, oh, that's just a conspiracy that hasn't been proven. No, that's not true. There are active cases and audits going on right now as we speak almost a year after the election. Um, so you can't tell me that Biden won. I, I, I won't I won't hear that because it just doesn't make sense. You look at the rallies. He had five people <laughs> sitting in their chairs in circles, social distancing, where Trump had thousands of people. I mean, anywhere you go, Facebook posts, YouTube channels, and you see something about Biden, you have so many dislikes for him, thousands upon thousands of dislikes for this president and his administration compared to conservative content, which gets thousands upon thousands of likes. So the numbers just aren't adding up here, you guys. It just, something is not right. So after the 2020 election, my grandfather, being older and kind of grumpy and stuck in his ways in some instances, was like, well, I knew it. He's like, this is why I don't vote and I'm never going to vote again. What good does it do if we go out and vote? I was like, Nampa, because I call him Nampa. <laughs> you guys might hear me say that sometimes on my YouTube channel in some of the videos or even here on the podcast. And just to give you a little backstory on that, I called my grandma Nana. And we were out to dinner one night when I was like maybe five or six years old. And my grandpa said, well, if you call her Nana, then what are you going to call me? And I quickly just spouted out Nampa. And, you know, we laughed and that just kind of stuck. And since I was a very little girl, I called them Nana and Nampa. So I tried to tell my Nampa, you cannot think like that. Yes, the 2020 election was rigged. Something was seriously wrong with that election. But the worst thing we could do, you guys, right now is to tuck tail and turn away and say, okay, well, I'm never going to vote again. Because then 
that really gives them what they want, right? Then there is absolutely no opposition to the wicked things that they're doing and the wicked evil people that they're trying to put in these positions of authority, um, which affect all of us, all of these laws and, and mandates and executive orders. You guys, this is affecting every single one of us in this nation. Whether it's you're on the verge of losing your job because you won't get a jab that's unconstitutionally being mandated, or you know, your children are being subjected to ridiculous policies and curriculums in the school that don't align with your beliefs and values. Whether you're facing food shortages in your area or the high gas prices due to inflation. I mean, this administration has literally destroyed our country in less than a year. It is, it is absolutely terrifying uh, what he's done in less than a year of being in office. So, Taking the back seat and saying, well, well, they win, you know, they're going to rig it. What's the point of voting? No, that's the wrong way to go about it, because then it just makes it easy for them to cheat. So I say the best thing to do is get up and vote more, more, get out there, bring your grandma, bring your sister, bring your aunt, bring your neighbor, someone that normally doesn't vote. Talk to them about the importance of voting. And you guys, what happened last month, actually this month, we're still in November in the state of Virginia is proof for the nation of what happens when people have had enough. The people of Virginia, the parents of Virginia had enough with the tyrannical dictates and dictators and mandates, the things that are going on in our school systems with the children and the curriculums, this LGBTQ agenda, this critical race theory trying to teach these children that if they're white, they're automatically white supremacist. If you're black, you're automatically oppressed and at a disadvantage, excuse me? Uh-uh, like my mama always said, everything is for the taking. If you want it, go get it. It's there and available to everybody. You just have to work for it. I don't care if you're black, white, brown, purple, orange. It's there for all of us. I just, it's so funny to me that they want us to believe that all black people are oppressed and do not have the same privileges that we do. We just had a black president. Look at Oprah Winfrey, <laughs> one of the richest women right? There, look at the movie stars. Look at um, people in, in offices in your local state. There are, there are opportunities for all of us. It doesn't matter what color you are. You just have to have the mindset of, if you want it, you got to work for it. It doesn't matter what color you are. So Virginia showed up. People came out in droves, you guys. And I'm going to tell you, when I pulled up to vote this November, um, I saw so much patriotism. I saw the shirts that people were wearing, the flags they had, the bumper stickers on their car. It was like people were like, okay, we've been asleep too long. We've been complacent too long. We're, we realize that our voice does matter because when we're silent, I was always told in the military, silence is compliance, right? So if you don't speak up, that is implying that you comply with what they're doing. And there's a famous quote, and I can never remember the person that said it, but the only thing necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. 
How true is that? The only thing necessary, the only thing they need to succeed in the crazy, ridiculous headlines that we're seeing every day is for us to sit back and do nothing. You guys, we have to speak up and look, Virginia did, and we now have a new Republican governor. I am so excited that Glenn Youngkin won that race. It's a huge win for Virginia. He's all about the parents. He's all about liberty and freedom and working for the people, not some political agenda. Virginia literally turned from blue to red overnight. You look at that election map, the entire state is red. There's like two little areas that are still holding on blue, but it literally flipped from Democrat to Republican. You guys, it can be done. And I posted this on my YouTube channel, just a, um, a headline about the election and Governor Youngkin winning and, and how encouraged I felt. I woke up, you know, I went to bed that night of the election, you guys, and it, we, Joe and I tried to stay awake, but it was getting late and we were tired and they were still counting ballots. And I'll tell you what, after what happened to Trump's election, I was afraid to go to sleep. I was afraid I was going to wake up the next morning and, you know, thousands of ballots were going to be found in suitcases dropped in and just like what happened with Trump, right? Um, but that didn't happen. I woke up the next morning and Glenn Youngkin won the election for Virginia. It was like Christmas morning. I, I drove down the street that day going to Walmart or going to the bank. I forget where I was going. And it just felt different. The streets felt different. The people looked different. It felt like there was hope because there is hope, you guys. God's got this. And when I went to bed that night, I prayed and I told God, you know what? I'm not going to fear. I'm giving this to you, Lord, because you already know the outcome of this. Whether it's good or whether it's bad, it's in your plan. It's in your design. And it's all going to be okay. And I truly released it and went to sleep and woke up. And God said, all right, Virginia, we're going to turn this thing around. And you know what that means? That means, okay, America, we're going to turn this thing around. Because Virginia is leading the way to show you guys, wherever you are, whatever state you're in, get out, speak up, vote. And make your voices heard because we can turn this train around, y'all. It's not too late. I think that they have woken up the sleeping giant. There's more of us than they think. This country was founded on godly principles. The foundation of America, you guys, we have the greatest country on this earth. There's a reason for that. So now, we need to take it back. So when I was thinking about um, chatting with you guys today, I was thinking about the story that I read in the Bible about John the Baptist and King Herod and what happened with John the Baptist. And you guys, most of you probably know the story. Uh, John was inevitably killed. Um, he was beheaded. And, you know, over and over and over again, when I post things on social media or on my YouTube channel or I make videos and I say certain things about the culture, 
obviously I'm hit with hateful comments from other people trying to shut me up, telling me, oh, keep politics out of it. I had one girl come on my channel and tell me, I come to YouTube to relax, so I don't want to see this mess, this fear-mongering. Keep politics out of it. Well, first of all, when I post a um, post about Glenn Youngkin winning the election, that's not fear-mongering. That's called an F-A-C-T. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I'm not fear-mongering. I'm not making this up. Glenn Youngkin just won the governor's election for Virginia, okay? So that's uh, issue number one. Get your facts straight. Number two, I will say what I want, when I want, how I want on my platforms because they're my platforms. Now, obviously, I have to be careful, right? Because YouTube likes to censor people, which is why I created a podcast because I can say what I want here without my stuff being deleted and shut down. However. It's my channel. If you don't like that I sprinkle in culture and politics and marriage and homeschooling and, you know, my Christian beliefs into my channel, why are you here? I mean, my goodness, there's so many other channels out there. Why are you here trolling on my post to tell me what I can and can't say? You don't get to do that because guess why? We live in America and I've got free speech just like you do. So, I shut that down real quick, deleted, blocked. I'm getting real good at that delete and block button, y'all. I'll tell you what, I don't even care. I will sacrifice a few subscribers to ensure that my channel and my spaces are surrounded by like-minded people. I would rather have few friends than many friends that are bad friends. Hello? Anyway, I see it every day where people are you know, oh, don't don't say that. You know, we, we really shouldn't say that because it might offend somebody or, oh, no, you don't you don't want to do that because that's, you know, people are going to get mad, um, you know, uh, about the pronouns and make sure you call people by their proper pronouns because today they feel like a man. So we're just supposed to magically know that. And even though they look like a woman, today they feel like a man. So we're supposed to like intuitively know that and call him Mr. or him or um, he. No. What? No. And this is what I wanted to say to you guys. You guys, are, we have a gut instinct for a reason. God gave us that gut instinct for a reason. If something don't feel right, it ain't right. Don't doubt yourself. Don't question it. That is the Holy Spirit working inside of you saying, uh-uh, you know my word. You know what I told you. So I will shout it from the rooftops all day long and I won't be silenced. And when I say that, I'm talking about everything across the board. I'm talking about this unconstitutional vaccine mandate. I'm talking about LGBTQ XYZ LMNOP, okay? There are two genders. That's it. Genesis tells us that our creator made two genders. That's it. Doesn't matter what you feel like that day. I'm sorry if you're confused about what your gender is. I truly believe in gender dysphoria. I truly believe in that mental issue and you need to go get help. But that doesn't mean that you get to endanger the rest of us and bleed into our lives your dysfunction. That's not what that means. And when I was reading this story, you guys, about John the Baptist, it stuck out to me because everybody says, oh, Christians are supposed to be love. Who are you to judge other people? I posted something on my Instagram about, gosh, I can't remember. It was either um, some 
you know, famous attorney general or some mayor or I can't remember, but he was gay and he was getting married. So the headline was him and his husband and they were getting married. And of course it was being celebrated. And I said something to the effect of God must be shaking his head right now. You know, God's heart must be broken right now, seeing the things that he is seeing that we're doing here in our culture, right? And somebody messaged me on Instagram and said, oh, knock it off. You're supposed to be a Christian. Let the man love who he wants. You guys, we are not called to condone or enable wicked sin. We are not. We are called to be the light. We are called to speak truth. Yes, do it in love. Absolutely. You're not going to ever hear me calling somebody derogatory terms or being hateful to them. If they're gay, if they're transgender, if they're a Black Lives Matter activist, you know, I will not do it in hate, but out of love and out of truth, I will always speak truth and stand against that. I will never condone it. I will never enable it. I will never act like it's okay. I will never allow anybody to infect the mind of my son and poison him and make him think that these things are okay when they're not. What kind of a world would we live in if we didn't stand up and stop the ridiculousness? Can you imagine? I mean, we're heading there quickly. (laughs) If we don't all start standing up and saying no. I mean, what kind of world would we live in? So, yes, we are supposed to, you know, speak truth in love. But we are called to speak truth, you guys. And I would argue to say that without truth, there is no love. Okay, I mean, it's just like if your um, spouse or child or someone that you love had an addiction to a drug, right? Let's say they were addicted to meth and they were sleeping in garbage cans and, you know, 80 pounds from 170 and basically half dead, right? Is it love to go, oh, I mean, that's not right. And, you know, you're killing yourself. And God says we're not to have addictions. We're not to be a slave to anything but to him. You can't have two masters. You can't, you know, that's wrong. But I mean, if that's what you want to do, if that makes you happy and that's where you want to be, I'm going to support you because I'm a Christian. And I mean, I'm supposed to love you. I'm not supposed to judge you. If that's the life you want to live, then so be it. Go ahead and come to my Thanksgiving table and sit down in front of my children and tell them where you buy your crack. Yeah. Share with us how you pay for it. Share with us how it makes you feel, how good that high feels when you get it. Like, yeah, infect my children. Poison my children with your lies and your wicked ways. Sure, because I'm a Christian and I love you. Are you kidding me? No. I am not only to protect the mind and heart of my child, I'm to protect my home. I'm to protect my own heart and my own mind from being infected with poisonous lies. God does not call us to condone sin. He calls us to speak truth in love. So I'll say again, without truth, there is no love. It is not love to enable and turn the other, you know, to turn your cheek from what you see and pretend like you don't see it. No. True love is speaking truth. True love is sitting that person down and saying to them, look, 
I love you and I'm always going to love you. But what you're doing is wrong. The path you're going down is going to lead to not only your physical death, but your spiritual death. And I'm going to help you. You know, we're to put ourselves out there to help them as much as we can. Turn away from the sin, you guys. That is love. And sometimes they don't want to turn away from their sin. They're not ready to repent, to truly repent and turn from that sin and change their ways. And in that case, you have a decision to make. Do you continue to allow this person in your space? Do you continue to allow that person to sit at your Thanksgiving table in front of your children and, you know, uh, encourage them of that lifestyle and glorify that lifestyle of sin? Or do you have to make the decision to cut them off? That's a hard decision to make, you guys. And only you can make that decision. And I've been faced with that decision more times in my life that I can count. I have many family members, immediate family members that I have not spoken to in years because of the lifestyle that they live, their unwillingness to repent and change. Sometimes you've got to shut the door and say enough. Now, forgiveness is always there. We are to forgive just as Jesus forgave us. And if Jesus would forgive our wretched souls and die on that cross for us the way he did, who are we to not forgive? Shame on us for thinking we're too good for that. Do some people ask for forgiveness and then stumble and fall and make the mistake again? Sure. But there's a clear difference between that and someone that says, oh, I'm going to stop. I won't do that anymore. Please forgive me. And then you don't see the fruits of that repentance. The fruits of the repentance is true change. Action steps taken one step in front of the other that shows you they're really trying to change. They're really trying to be different. They're trying to be better. That is the fruit of repentance. Speak truth in love. And when people come to me and say, how dare you? You're a Christian. You're not to judge anybody. Well, I like to say, where are the John the Baptist of the culture today? You know, John the Baptist died. He was beheaded. His head was cut off <laughs> because he spoke truth. He didn't say, oh, you know, I shouldn't say anything because, you know, I, I, I don't want to ruffle any feathers and I'm a Christian and I'm not supposed to judge. Oh, no, 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 no. He spoke truth and it cost him his life. But that's because that's what we're called to do. You guys, Jesus Christ loved John the Baptist. If you read the stories, I think John's mom's name was Elizabeth. Don't quote me because I'm not looking at my Bible right now, but I think her name was Elizabeth. And it says when Mary was pregnant with Jesus and Elizabeth was pregnant with John the Baptist and Mary and Elizabeth came together one day, it says that John and Jesus were flipping around in their wombs, doing somersaults with excitement and love for each other. There was a very special relationship between John the Baptist and Jesus. He loved him. And John just spoke truth throughout his whole life. And he was killed for it. You guys might know the story. King Herod divorced his wife 
and then unlawfully married his second wife, which just so happened to be his brother's daughter. So Herod married his niece unlawfully. And the issue was John the Baptist called him out for it publicly, the Bible says, not in secret, not like, oh, I I don't really think that that's right. You know, God says we're not supposed to do that. But, you know, just so you know, oh, no, John the Baptist, John the Baptist, excuse me, called him out publicly. And Herod did not like that. And neither did Herodias, his new wife. She was highly offended that John had the audacity to call them out for their unlawful marriage, but he did it. And then you guys know the story. King Herod had a celebration and Herodias asked for John the Baptist's head on a platter. She hated John the Baptist. She wanted him dead, but she was afraid to have him killed because she was afraid of the uproar because there were so many followers of John the Baptist. So many people admired him and loved him. So what did she do? She had King Herod have him killed. So I look at people like this in the Bible when I hear these people tell me to shut my mouth. I hear people tell me, you are not to speak about, you know, LGBTQ that way. We're supposed to love everybody. You know, you're not supposed to speak that way about the transgenders wanting to share a bathroom with the opposite sex. We're supposed to love everybody. Look, I go by what the Bible says, and the Bible says, no, that is wrong. And I find courage, encouragement, and strength in the heroes in the Bible. And to me, John the Baptist was a hero. He was courageous. I mean, look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, um, Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar had built that huge uh, statue that he wanted them to bow down to and worship. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, "Uh, no, we're not to worship any false idols. We're to only worship our God. And what did Nebuchadnezzar do? He said, light up the furnace. Throw them in there. If they won't worship my idol, I'm going to kill them. We'll see how far we can push Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego until they fold and they go against their conscience and they go against their beliefs and their convictions and they do what I tell them to do, no matter how unlawful it is, no matter how unconstitutional, no matter if it requires them to disobey their God. Let's, let's see how hard we can squeeze them until they do what I want them to do, whether it's right or wrong. Does that sound like anybody you know in 2021? Sounds like our president to me. People are saying all over the country, oh, it's not, you know, you're not being forced to take the vaccine. You have a choice. No, it's no longer a choice when you squeeze that person so tight that they have no other choice but to do what you want them to do. You take away their ability to provide for their families, to put a roof over their head and food in their bellies, medical care. You've got to be kidding me. That is not choice. And look at Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I'm sure they were terrified. 
You guys think of that moment before they were thrown into the furnace because they would not obey Nebuchadnezzar. Think of the fear. And what happened? They threw them in the furnace. A few minutes later, Nebuchadnezzar comes back with his men and says, open it up, see what's going on in there. What was going on? There was somebody in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. We all know who that is, right? Because he's the same man, the same spirit that is standing right next to me and you and every single one of us in the fire that we're standing in right now. He has never left our side, nor will he. What was happening to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Not a thing. Not a hair on their head was touched by that fire. Their clothes weren't singed and scorched. Nothing. God protected them in that fire. And Nebuchadnezzar was dumbfounded. He's like, get him out of there. What's going on? And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar said, your God is true. For him to be able to protect you from burning alive in that fire. And what happened? Nebuchadnezzar changed, right? He started to believe in God. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they spoke truth. No matter how scared it was or how scared they were, they did not fold. They did not bend. They relied on God and the truth, and they stood by it. That's a hard thing to do, you guys. It's a hard thing to do. In every moment that we're in, whether it's on social media, and I encourage you not to get into like these back and forth, you know, social media fights. It just is so unfruitful. Definitely stand up for yourself and your family and your beliefs in a loving way, speaking truth, but don't engage in stupidity. Don't bring yourself to their level because it's just not fruitful, you guys. And what I found to be so helpful is to delete and block. If you bring angst into my space, I'm going to cut you out of it. My circle has gotten so small. And I'm okay with that. Like I said earlier, it's better to have few friends than to have many that are bad. We need to surround ourselves with like-minded people that can encourage us and uplift us when we're feeling down. Because there's a lot of things right now in our culture that can make us feel down. But, you guys, I see the sun on the horizon. (laughs) I always say the sun always comes up the next morning, right? That cold, dark night can feel dreary and lonely and scary. But you know what always happens? The sun always comes up the next day. The sun always shines and it always warms your face, right? And I see that happening in our country. The Virginia election was just part of that. Things are shifting. Things are changing. Parents are saying, oh, no, 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 no. These are my children. I do not co-parent with the government. Period. People are saying enough is enough. There are 50 Republicans that are standing against this vaccine mandate. 
They are fighting OSHA, this unconstitutional mandate. They are fighting it, you guys, and they are to convene in December, and they are going to try to overrule this unconstitutional executive order. I encourage every single one of you, if you've never done this, find out who your state officials are for your local representatives and start calling and emailing them. Tell them the importance of why this vaccine mandate is wrong. You guys, they are there, supposed to be there for you. You are their constituents. And I'll tell you, it's very disheartening when you live in a Democrat state like Virginia has been. And our senators, they're, they're Democrats, and I have emailed them until my fingers bleed. <laughs> And all I ever get back from those fools are pre-typed templates that don't address any of my concerns. And it's very frustrating. It's like, what's the point of even emailing or calling? Because they'll write you back and patronize you, you know, from sunup to sundown and not address your concerns. But don't grow weary. That's just like people saying, well, what's the point of voting? No, you vote. You become such a gnat in their ear that they feel like they have no choice but to do something because they're sick of hearing from you. <laughs> and a lot of times, you guys, you can type up a well-drafted email and just copy and paste it to each one of your local officials. But let them know that you need them to vote against this ridiculous mandate. Let them know why. Let them know what it's doing to your family. You guys, this mandate, we all know this is ridiculous. The one question I always go back to when someone's coming at me and telling me, just take the shot. First of all, don't tell me what to do. <laughs> I get fired up real quick, you guys. People come at me on my YouTube channel and tell me, I've had people tell me, just take the damn shot. No, no, I, I don't think I will. And, um, you know, there's choice. You have the choice to get it. I have the choice not to get it. And this is the question I always come back to. This is common sense. I realize that a lot of common sense has gone out the window in the last 18 months, but this is common sense, okay? If your vaccine works and it is so effective and you have done the research and you have decided that this is best for your body, so be it. I respect and wholeheartedly support that decision. But why do you care what I'm doing with my body? If your vaccine is effective and it protects you, why should it matter to you if I'm not protected from the vaccine or from COVID? Why should it matter? You're protected, right? So leave me alone. You guys, I've had a lot of people ask me, why are you moving to Alaska? Why Alaska? And other than the fact that it's beautiful and it's absolutely majestic, you know, we lived there twice. Parker was born there. We just want to go back. We have nothing but fond memories of Alaska, and that's where our family has decided to plant our forever homestead. So in three months, we're making the journey across country to move into our little cabin we bought on 15 acres in the beautiful state of Alaska. And it is not just because of how beautiful the state is. 
you guys, I am seriously thinking about what potentially could happen down the line with this ridiculous administration. Oh, they'll never mandate masks. What'd they do? They mandated masks. Oh, well, yeah, okay, so they mandated masks, but they'll never mandate the vaccine. There, there's no way they can do that. They can't tell people what they have to inject in their bodies. That's, that's conspiracy theory. They'll never mandate that. What happened? They're mandating the vaccine. Things that we've never seen before are happening. And in some states in our country right now, you can't even go into a grocery store or a movie theater or a public library unless you show proof of vaccination. I have to consider what potentially could happen in the near future in our country with this crazy, tyrannical dictator that we have in office right now. Look at the supply chain issues. Look at the cost of food and inflation, the gas. You guys, my, my nampa just made us a pot roast dinner the other night, and I asked him, Nampa, how much did that roast cost you? Over $40. You guys, it's going to get to the point where we can't afford to eat. Or you can't go in and buy the food to eat unless you got your vaccine passport. When I look at the state of Alaska, it is huge. It has the most untouched, vast land of any state in our country. The resources, the natural resources, the natural wildlife is abundant. I can walk out my front door in Alaska and I can go hunting and I could feed my family. Where I live in Virginia right now, I can't do that. If you don't have a membership in a hunt club or know somebody that owns land that's giving you permission to hunt on their land, you're not hunting. I want rivers and creeks and streams and the ocean that has a plethora of fish and resources for my family. Moose, deer, bear, rabbit, ducks, grouse, all kinds of fowl. You guys, Alaska is just abundant with wildlife. I feel that I could do better in a place like that if crap really hit the fan than I could do where I currently am right now. And Joe feels the same way. We're pushed out there in the middle of nowhere. You guys know we strive for a life of self-sufficiency as it is. Are we 100% self-sufficient? No, nobody is. I've said that before. I don't have coffee beans growing in my backyard and sugar cane, right? <laughs> I mean, but I grow what I can. We raise our own chicken every year to butcher. We have fresh eggs every single day for breakfast. I have a garden every year and I preserve the bounty so it gets us through the winter months. We do the best we can. And I'm confident that if things really got crazy with the little that we do and the knowledge that we have, we would survive. You guys, some people don't even know where their milk comes from. They don't know the first thing about putting a seed in the ground and making a vegetable out of it. We've gotten away from that. We don't teach those things in school anymore. Instead, we're teaching you that you can be whatever gender you want to be any day of the week. We're teaching you that, you know, 
White people are all racist. That's what they're teaching our children in school. Not how to bake a loaf of bread or um, harvest water if you don't have running water. The essentials, you guys. And I just, you know, I feel like Alaska has so many resources, just a bounty of resources. And I think that our family is going to do really well up there. Not only that, we're surrounded by like-minded people. Alaska is statistically, historically a Republican state. Very pro-Second Amendment. They're all about liberty and freedom in Alaska. Sure, you've got a couple, you know, liberals out there, <laughs> surprisingly, right? Um, but you're going to have that anywhere you go. But I feel called to a place where I'm surrounded by like-minded people. And that's what I feel like Alaska provides us. God calls us to be prepared, not to be scared. I think that, um, you know, I've had, I put some, um, I put a video on my YouTube channel, our prepper video of our bug out bags that we put together and also food storage that we're doing here for our family. Um, you guys can check that out. I will put the link for that in the show notes for this uh, podcast episode if you want to check it out. I hope you guys are all subscribed to my YouTube channel. I post a video every week. I did that video just showing what our family is doing uh, to prepare for crisis that could potentially happen, right? And I did get some comments that, you know, people said, you know, you're not supposed to live in fear. You're supposed to trust God. Yes, we are supposed to trust God. Um, fear is sin because God does not give it us a spirit of fear, right? But preparedness is wise. Look at Joseph in Egypt, right? He saved up the grain for the coming famine. The Lord gave him a vision that there was going to be a famine for seven years, that they were going to struggle to find food. So what did he do? He stored up enough grain for seven years. There are so many stories in the Bible of people preparing for things. Look at Noah. You guys, years that man prepared for that flood. Years he built that ark and years he was laughed at and criticized for it. He was obeying God by doing what he was doing. Preparedness is obedience. So don't listen to these people that are telling you, oh, this is a conspiracy theory. Nothing's going to happen. Being prepared is, you know, a sin because you're not supposed to be afraid. No. Preparedness is obedience. Fear is where the problem is. Don't be afraid. Prepare. Be ready for anything. And know that we have the Spirit of God in our hearts. Standing next to us, you guys, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did in that furnace. So, my friends, I've got to hop off here and start the school day with little Parker. Um, yesterday, he wasn't feeling so well, so we got through math, and he just about couldn't handle anymore. So, we took the day off from school. Don't worry, it's not COVID. We did the little home test for him. I was a little concerned because he did have a fever and stuff. Uh, but it's not COVID. And also, let's remember that every time we get a sniffle or a body ache, it doesn't mean we have COVID. I think everybody is just living in a world of fear, you guys. 
What happened before COVID? People got sick all the time and recovered just fine from regular viruses, everyday seasonal colds, and things like that. And let us not forget that more people recover from COVID than die from it. Media is not going to you know, tell you that. That's not the agenda they're trying to push. But the reality is more people have recovered and survived COVID than have died from it. This virus has a 99.9% survival rate. So I want to encourage you guys, don't live in fear. Be prepared. And always, always be the John the Baptist in our culture. I say, where have all the good men gone? The good, strong men that aren't afraid to stand up for what's right. Well, where have all the good women gone? Stand up, ladies. Stand next to your man. Empower him. Embolden him. And prepare your family. And don't live in fear. Thanks so much for joining me today, you guys. I always enjoy chatting with you and I appreciate you hanging out with me on the podcast show. If you're not following me over on social media, I'm on Facebook and Instagram. You can find me at Blessed and Beautiful Homestead. And don't forget to check out my YouTube channel. I'm there every week posting fun videos here on the homestead, Um, homeschool life inspiration, recipes in the kitchen, and our adventure as we get ready to go to Alaska. Thanks so much, you guys. I'll see you on the next show.